Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm in control now. I can cut it out. (laughs) No, you need something funny for the start. A few moments later. Well, that is just about all the time we have. What was that? That's about all the... Everything we've talked about. What's happening? (laughs) I haven't finished a word. What's that phrase? Just about all we have time for? Yeah. That's just... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're going to put that in the intro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 100%. Damn. which is, as most of you probably know by now, the midweek news show from the Formula Nerds. For the next 30 minutes or so, we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week, including all the build-up around one of the most hyped races in years, which teams will be bringing updates, crypto company sponsorship, the soon-to-be-released new F1 games, that's right, plural, and the first driver merry-go-round update of the season. So we're missing Grace again this week. Another exam, I think at least not a 24-hour one this time. But as ever, I have my two loyal companions, Abby, how's it going? It's good. It's a bit rainy here in England, so I'm glad that I've got the podcast to occupy my time with. That's good. Glad to be of service. And Samuel, how are you, pal? I'm good, thank you. I like how you emphasise the the word loyal there. Not to take a stab at Grace, but you know, she's a uh, <laughs> she's, she's notoriously <laughs> not loyal. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna get a comment from her about this. Well, what we think of Grace's loyalty aside, shall we crack straight on? Because we've got fair bit of news to get through now where else to start then than with the upcoming miami grand prix 
It's felt like the hype has been building for weeks, if not months, but it's finally here. So are we excited? I don't want to be a Debbie Downer straight off the bat, but the hype has been so long coming. Though it's almost like the event's been like it's. I'm just. I don't know. It, it, I know what you mean. I don't. I don't notice the hype anymore. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is normal. This is everyone talks about Miami. Maybe there's like a critical mass for hype, and like it gets to some point, it just collapses. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to explain. I was going to. I was, I was going to explain it in a really, really inappropriate way, uh, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, it feels like it's just kind of come petering I'm curious out. curious now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, I just feel it's, I don't know if it will peter out, but if the weekend isn't all this build and cracks up to be, then it maybe will be very, you know, at least a bit anticlimactic. Yeah, I get that. Like, like we said, there's been so much excitement and hype around the whole weekend and so much drama in that that I feel like it might not live up to expectations and some of us might be a bit disappointed in that. I mean, I'm excited. It's a new venue. And I think, James, you said it last week, it is turning out to be the American Monaco and it is being publicised that way. But I'm excited, but I'm still a bit apprehensive as to whether it will provide good racing and what it will actually be like and live up to expectations. Well, I guess yeah, we'll get more into the kind of the, the track a little bit later on in the show. But I don't want to yeah, I've said that, you know, kind of I'm worried that it'll be anticlimactic. I am still really looking forward to it, partly because I love evening races. So not that it's a night race, but I'm in the UK. So to me, for qualifying, for example, is on at like nine PM on Saturday. That's great. Because, you know, my I mean my girlfriend would be like falling asleep on the sofa by that point. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know, there's something about it. It's kind of, it reminds me of being a kid and kind of, you know, getting up really, really early or staying up really late for the races. Yeah, I remember, you know, the first race of the season when it was always in Australia and you're like either staying up till 4am or waking up at 4am. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it makes it more of an event, doesn't it, than just, just your Sunday afternoon post-lunch entertainment, I guess. But for the night owls out there, in Europe at least, we have the opening ceremony, which is at 1am UK time on Thursday morning, Wednesday night, featuring Norwegian DJ Kaigo and some celebs and a fair few of the drivers and team bosses, I think. Are either of you staying up for it? I would be, but I do have a lot of uni work to get done, so I feel like I'm going to record it and then I'll watch it at a more suitable time. That's probably fair, yeah. Uh, it only lasts an hour anyway, so yeah, I think it's going to be a quick dj set and then a few questions for the drivers maybe but we'll see uh and yes sam you mentioned the track the first few images of the 19 turn 5.4 kilometer track have been released got some pretty decent looking corners for a track that is effectively in a car park it's not been designed by herman tilker as well so for once i i think it's given it a bit more variety from the the tilker drones but of course we can't not mention the fake marina which the internet has been running wild with including ourselves and our Riser J's Photoshop mock-up of Gunter and his fake boat, which went uh, a bit viral. What do you make of it all? It's really interesting you mentioned Tilka because I, um, and I've been watching a few of the onboard kind of sample clips and you know, if, you got, if you follow many of the teams on social media, you'll see that they've all uh, broken the F122 embargo uh, to kind of give people a sneak preview of the, the track. It reminds me of a cross between two of Tilka's most recent circuits, which is the interesting, never used Hanoi track in Vietnam. I don't know the full name, 
um, and also uh, the Jeddah Corniche circuit in Saudi Arabia. Um, very flowing in parts, but some big kind of braking zones and a couple of those kind of very big kind of almost you know 180 degree style um, corners uh, that we would have had in a uh, in Vietnam. I think the technical third sector will be particularly interesting. Everyone's referred to it as the kind of mistake generator. Um, Yuki Snowder's referred to it as Formula E-like. So yeah, that that all builds into the the big braking zone and the big overtaking opportunity towards the end of the lap. But in general, I'm I'm optimistic, and there potentially could be weather as well this weekend. Well, I sound like a real southern, you know southern kind of. Oh, we might be having weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that. What what kind of weather are we getting? I'm assuming rain, but that doesn't seem very Miami in in May, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the the only other weather I could think of off the top of my head is like snow. So we're definitely not getting that. Yeah, not maybe getting that's hail. Bernie's next idea. Yeah, he, he had the sprinklers. Just get the oh. snow machines out. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, luckily, no snow. Um, and no tropical revolving storms, um, because I think we are actually slightly before the uh, the hurricane season. Uh, <laughs> this has turned into the weather. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the hurricane season is from I think late May to uh, kind of early September. And um, Sam with uh, five day forecast. My geography teachers, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you're proud. And Abby, that means you get the say on the fake marina. It's it kind of reminds me of. Minecraft with the water. It looks like from a video I can see game. It. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it will add to the spectacle of it and the whole atmosphere that the creators are trying to create for the Miami Grand Prix. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just trying to hype up the event to make it this massive spectacle for fans and that. But it might it adds to the excitement, so the marina's growing on me. It's almost so obviously fake that it's like kind of endearing this kind of yeah it's got this kind of um very kitsch kind of ghost charm about it i guess it's a bit like um, miami vice yeah yeah it just yeah, that's exactly it. it it's like a yeah i'm not sure i'd like to see it happen all over the calendar but it could be a kind of nice yearly kind of yeah we let's go to the fake marina yeah I, I don't know i still find it a bit cringe personally it's I don't know. I I'm guessing they'll they'll keep they'll have like a helicopter shot over it or something. But I mean the the cats out of the bag. It's it's so clearly fake. They didn't try and hide it. I don't think. Or maybe they were aiming to try and hide it, and then it just blew up on social media, and they just had to go with it. I don't know. But yeah, they've they've kind of embraced it. I guess you kind of have to embrace it. I think originally they had intended on it being actual water, uh, but I don't think they were able to get a license or get the correct kind of authorities to do that. It has been raining a little bit though, and you can actually see rain on top of the the, the fake water, which is uh, Back an interesting. On the weather again? Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my my girlfriend's favorite app is the weather app, so she's gonna be really proud. I'm gonna make her listen to this. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> she, she's more interesting than I'm letting on. Um, bed, bed by nine loves the weather app. Uh, <laughs> no, what was I gonna say? My point was that lots of people will have paid a lot of money to rent one of those yachts. So I just hope they're not too disappointed. I guess the point of renting one of those is to have one of the best seats in the house on the inside of a corner right there. 
doesn't really matter if you're bobbing about or not. And that's all the difference like really boils down to, isn't it? Like they're, they're, they are on a boat. <laughs> it's just not in water. So, you know, maybe it's good for those uh, who suffer with seasickness otherwise. Uh, but yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like on the TV. Staying on Miami, but moving on swiftly from weather and the marina, there are a number of upgrades coming this weekend for the teams and cars. So Charles Leclerc has a new MG UK for Miami, uh, along with some updates, but not, not a full upgrade package, according to Ferrari. Um, I believe that Carlos Sainz tested a new floor during the Pirelli test, uh, which Charles will also have. I feel that, is, is that allowed? I, it must be allowed. I'm sure it's allowed. But using a, a tyre test to test new elements or new components, quite quite savvy on their part. James, you look like you want to say something. Well, I think I just rem- it reminded me of the, didn't Mercedes try and do something during a tyre test, like 2019, I want to say, because I remember Ferrari kicking up a fuss. I think it was after Monaco. I can't remember what they did, but I'm sure they did something. Uh, and it caused a bit of a fuss and they kind of got away with it in the end. But yeah, I, I, it's probably one of those grey areas, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I'm sure someone out there will uh, will know. If you do know, let us know at info at formulanerds.com. Uh, we will very much appreciate that. On other teams, news. Mercedes, will they get it right this weekend? It's been a, in the context of a miss for the start of the season, it's been hit and miss within that miss. Um, and it looks like James is giving me a really weird look. Uh, I hope you know what I meant. Lewis has gone a different way setup wise. I think he's been the guinea pig a little bit. So it'd be interesting to see if that kind of starts to come together. Red Bull looked particularly strong in Imola. Do you guys feel that that will continue in Miami? Do you think the track will will play more into their hands or more into Ferrari's hands? Well, to start with, with Mercedes. God, I hope they figure it out. And Lewis has a good race in Miami because I would love to see him finish a lot higher than he has in previous races, obviously, being a Lewis fan. Um, And with Red Bull, I think coming from Imola, they're obviously on a high. They got a one-two. It was a great weekend for them. And obviously, like on the uh, simulator, Perez has said that it's a good circuit and the racing can be good within the long straight. So he seems quite positive about how the track will be for the team. If Whether they've sorted out their reliability issues, I think that will play a factor into this weekend. If they've sorted it out, then I think they'll definitely have a strong weekend in Miami. But hopefully they can all just race together. But I think Red Bull will prove to be strong. Yeah, it's so hard to know at this early stage. Is it like the pendulum's been swinging pretty erratically and we don't really know who's got strengths in in what areas and it seemed at least in Saudi Arabia like Red Bull had significant straight line advantage but how much of it's down to setup is just so hard to tell at this point so yeah we'll see uh, and obviously we we don't know enough about the track as well but that yeah, keeps it interesting doesn't it it's just more unknowns yeah no completely and yeah you're absolutely right the, the subtleties of the track are still very much unknown I did see that Alfa Romeo are expecting or hoping at the very least obviously they're hoping but they're expecting to build upon their strong result at Imola Valtteri obviously finishing in P5 there so yeah I think again as we've talked about a lot on you know both this and the Cut to the Race podcast that midfield is shopping and changing 
week in, week out. Aston Martin scored points last weekend, which, you know, had you, you know, in Bahrain or, you know, even as recently as Australia, that looked highly unlikely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to really kind of decide who, who's going to look strong. But yeah, I think it's fair to say that both Ferrari and Red Bull will be um, at the, the front of the field as always. Well, speaking of Red Bull, they have a sponsor called Bybit. Now, cryptocurrency is increasing its hold on Formula One and McLaren have recently signed a deal with OKX, which is a world-leading cryptocurrency exchange and self-custody ecosystem. But this weekend, cryptocurrency is a big thing because Crypto.com is the sponsor for the Miami Grand Prix. Now, we're in an ever-changing world and the world is evolving in that and cryptocurrency is becoming more popular. And whilst there's there's benefits to it and the team principals like Christian Horner are all for it, there are some drawbacks as well. So what do you guys think about cryptocurrency increasing its hold on F1? I think realistically it's a sponsorship bubble. I think a lot of those companies are potentially not long-term marketable companies I think they won't necessarily be around for long I think the ones that do last will be will be big but to return to my original point I do think it's a bubble similar to tobacco sponsorship in Formula 1 I do, I do think it will, it will be outlawed at some point so yeah it just depends how long um, it seems very much like the sport in general has embraced and wrapped its arms around cryptocurrencies and NFTs using drivers to promote them and so yeah it's here to stay um i don't want to get too much into kind of what my f- feelings are on on cryptocurrencies and nfts but yeah it's it'll be interesting to see the extent to which they do take over and what the sport might have to do or decide to do to kind of limit that yeah i mean you say about tobacco tobacco sponsorship stayed around for a long time I mean, it's decades until it was properly outlawed. And even now, when I mean, we've got all these fake companies like A Better Tomorrow and Mission Winnow and Winnow, whatever it is. And I feel like it will probably fade away quicker because it's just a less established market. And it is a bit, yeah, when you say it's a bubble, I mean, it feels like it's just the latest fad, I guess. I mean, it's not Beanie Babies. It's, it's far more established than that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's not as inherently evil as tobacco, definitely. And the fact that they still have alcohol albeit zero percent a lot of the time it's not as bad as that being on the cars well you mentioned nft sam and this weekend with crypto.com being the sponsor fans can get nfts from this weekend but they're visual expressions that capture the kinetic energy released by the cars on track i think there's going to be sensors along the track that capture the energy from the cars as they race around which Sounds cool, but I'm not entirely sure how that works myself. Sounds like so much jargon. Like, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. Right? I just, it's got so many complicated words in it that you, it sounds cool and someone goes, that's, that is cool. It must be cool. I don't understand it. It's actually surprised me considering how many negative comments there are on pretty much every social media post you see that the teams are really like doubling down on them. So much money behind it, though. That's that's it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, cash is king. Cash is king. There it is. Always and forever. As a wise man said. Well, this weekend, it's 
obviously Formula One, but that is not the only motorsport series we have going on. It is the opening doubleheader of 2022 W Series season, which is very exciting. One, because it's a new venue. Two, there's new teams and there's new drivers and Sky Sports are covering it as well. So every motorsport fan can watch W Series. And I'm very excited about it this weekend. What do you guys think? Are you excited about seeing W Series return? Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's it's good to be back. It's it's ever growing in its popularity. You know, at first it was, that's cool that that exists, but people didn't really seem to pay that much attention to it. Jamie Chadwick's brought a, a lot of attention and then there have been some headlines with, you know, Jenna Racing and such. But yeah, no, it's 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 nice to see it get going. It's a, a bit belated, it feels, after all the other series have been going for a few few rounds now. But no, I'll, I'll be watching and it'll be nice to see it properly covered as well. Yeah, it will, especially with like Abby Eason, who suffered an injury last year and she's returning. So it will be good to see. But there's another piece of news surrounding W Series, and that's Alice Powell, one of the drivers. She has recently got a new role within the Alpine Driver Academy. She's now the talent identification and development mentor for Alpine to help change the mindset of young drivers and women and show them that they need to grab opportunities whilst they can and help them into motorsport, which... I think is really great for Alice and women in general. Yeah, it's really brilliant to see. And I think, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you, James, in terms of it feels quite strange that W Series is starting so, you know, so far into the year. But especially my, I'm really, there is a, a spec series racing this weekend because it will allow us to really analyse the track as well. And W Series, like F2, like F3, does provide, in my opinion, more entertaining racing, well, wheel to wheel, because yeah, as I said, it's a spec series, so that will be really good to see because F one's not always the best barometer as to whether a circuit is actually raceable or not. Yeah, it's a good point. And well, yeah, you say about being four rounds in, despite only being four rounds into the season, the driver merry-go-round has already begun. According to Ralph Schumacher, who seems to have stepped into Jacques Villeneuve's outspoken ex-driver shoes recently, his former team Williams wants two competitive drivers, which could mean time's up for everyone's favourite Canadian crasher, Nicholas Latifi, even before the season ends, potentially. Now, the rumours are focused on Oscar Piastri, seemingly, which we touched on last week. And there have also been some quotes bouncing around about Colton Herter joining the potential Andretti team, should that come to fruition, and maybe Pato Award heading to McLaren in the future. So which of those do you guys think are the most likely to actually happen? I think we will definitely see Piastri in F1 sometime soon. We already know that Alpine put a deadline on him to get a seat. I personally would like to see him go to Alpine. I think, like you said, James, we touched on that last week. With Carlton Herter joining with Andretti, there are a lot of teams wanting to be in Formula One right now. I think there could be a bidding war to who will get a place. If Andretti do join F1, I think Herta does deserve the seat because he does really well in IndyCar, just like Pato Award, who had an excellent weekend this weekend in IndyCar as well when he won the race. He does deserve a seat at McLaren. However, Lando Norris is here to stay and Daniel Ricciardo isn't going anywhere yet. So... I don't think Pato will be joining F1 in the next few years, maybe like when the next set of regulations come in, perhaps. But it would be nice to see them all in F1 because they are all talented drivers. But like you said, it's a merry-go-round and 
there's lots of choices and lots of decisions that need to be made. Yeah, I I really want at least an eleventh, if not a twelfth, team in the sport. Mike Andresi is is keen to enter the sport as a as a team owner. His dad, Mario Andresi, who I'm sure everyone knows as the 1978 world champion, tweeted a couple of months back that after that Sauber deal fell through last year, that his son is looking to join as a new entrant. Liberty Media's CEO has come out recently and said that there is a loss of demand, um, so not just from Andretti. So yeah, as Abby says, we could see we could see a bidding war there. If Andretti were successful, it's almost not certain, but Colton Herta is the favourite at this stage. Obviously, as he has said himself, he has to perform over the next year or two in IndyCar. So yeah, he he I think is likely. I really like that it's almost kind of at this point we as a collective both those who work in F1 and those who kind of talk about it or watch it have decided that Oscar Piastri will be in F1. It's it's almost a given now that that will happen eventually. Someone will pick him up. He is the benefactor in that sense of the unfortunate circumstances surrounding Nick DeVries where he is an exceptional talent and the chips haven't fallen his way. So yeah, it looks like the sport is learning, albeit slowly, about kind of losing young talent. I also don't think we will necessarily see Daniel Ricciardo much after his contract with McLaren expires. I think Pato Award or even Colton Herter um, could take that second McLaren spot sooner than than we might think. So yeah, we'll have to see. I I think Daniel would stick about at least. He would take another chance. He would do like a Seb. He would go to a potentially midfield team, I think, before he called it a day. If he say he stays at McLaren for two or three more years, but yeah, we don't know. He'd be what thirty four or something then, and probably a little bit early to call it a day. Who knows? It's all total speculation. But, but yeah, I think Pato Ward definitely looks promising. He's I think he's twenty two, so he's got plenty of time in terms of you know joining up with Lando maybe eventually in a few years, and. Yeah, uh, from everything we hear, Colton Herter is the real deal. I think, in fact, it was Lando was saying he was really impressed with his times on the simulator when he was in them. And yeah, uh, I totally agree with you on 11 or 12 teams. That would be great. We, I mean, we kind of, we so nearly had it. We did have it, but then the three teams were so woefully underfunded and off the pace that they may as well not have been there, aside from mobile chicanes, as Mr. Brundle used to call them. On Colton Herter... I think it was last year when he was in the Sauber Alfa Romeo simulator. I wasn't a story. I'd, I might be slightly misremembering the fact here, but I'm pretty sure he was quicker than both Kimi and Giovinazzi, which is mega. That is rings a bell, like, yeah. So he's clearly, clearly got talent there. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, Daniel may, may stick around, but to circle back to the original point, which was Ralph Schumacher suggesting that. Williams will make a mid-season change. I don't think they will. I think Latifi will see out his contract. I'm not going to say he'll be in the car next year. I don't think he will be. I think Piastri will be, um, which I think is a mistake on Alpine's part. But yeah, I think Latifi will have the year, and that's partly because of the backing that he brings. But moving back to the Miami Grand Prix, it has been used as a great promo opportunity for some of the upcoming video games that we have uh, for Formula One. By saying video games, it makes me sound like an old person. I'm not that old. I play those games. 
Um, but yeah, F-122, which is the first full kind of EA iteration of the game after taking over Codemasters, which I believe is out on the 1st of July. So that we have a confirmed date for. We've started seeing some promo shots uh, and videos. It's going to be exciting because we've got the new new cars. We've got you know the Miami track as well, which is always exciting, learning a new track on the game. Guys, do you play uh, the, the F1 game? I do. I do. I remember the first time I played F1 2021 was in the build-up to Saudi, and that was the first track, and it made my eyes go funny because it was so fast. <laughs> Unbelievably fast, honestly. So I'm very excited about F1 2022. I've watched the trailer. It does look very good. The graphics look very cool. I don't know whether I liked it more because there was Latin music in the background that kind of added to the whole atmosphere of the trailer, but it does look very cool. So I will, I will definitely be playing it. Yeah, I've missed the last couple of games, but yeah, I, I have always been an F1 game fan and it'll be good to see what EA do with it with the full backing. Definitely. Um, but yes, it's not the only F1 game that's coming out this year, is it? No, you've teed te- me up nicely there, James. F1 Manager is coming out this summer. We don't have a release date for it yet, but if you follow them on socials, they have started releasing um, stills um, and screenshots from the game. And they have also hosted a number of kind of webinar chats on Twitter, one of which I went to along to uh, the other week. Uh, it's got some really interesting information about the game. But I am so excited about this game. I love the I love the kind of driving F1 games, but a manager game just taps in to everything that I want. Um yeah, it's it reminds me of being a kid playing, I think it's Grand Prix World, which was uh followed the ninety eight season. So yeah, I'm 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 buzzing for it. You've taken loads of the words that I was going to say out of my mouth there because, yeah, I mean, we are Formula Nerds officially, so it makes sense. I am probably more excited about the manager game because it's just never existed, really. And like you say, I have memories as a kid and I couldn't tell you what the game was even called. I know that it came with an Easter egg, like, of of all things. It was just some F1 manager game and I think it was similar, like, late 90s or something. And I played it to death, even though it was terrible because I loved making my own team and, like, picking the driving and stuff. So yeah, I'm well up for this. And for the the young audience amongst you, when James says Easter eggs, he doesn't mean a cool kind of additional um, part of a game that you could discover and, and <laughs> Chocolate and play. Easter eggs still exist. He means like an actual... F- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not suggesting they don't exist. I'm just saying he doesn't mean Easter eggs. There used egg to like. be these things called Easter eggs. You've got once a year... <laughs> But anyway, as I was going to say, when they announced this game, I wrote about it. And one of the things I said was that as much as I love sports games, F1, basketball, FIFA, whatever it may be, because it's that escapism, it's that you get to play, fit a role that you know you never will in real life. You know, even if I was 6'5", I wouldn't play in the NBA. So... What's really exciting for me with F1 Manager is that there's a small part of me that kind of goes, well, you know what? I could actually physically do that job. I'm not saying for a second that I'm intellectually or, um, you know, 
in any way qualified will will get anywhere near that kind of role of being a, a team principal in Formula One. But there is a little part oh, man, of... Believe in yourself. <laughs> I think I'm a bit behind the curve. Um, you know, get in, in my late 20s and I, I don't work in Formula One, so I don't think that will ever happen. Um, but yeah, I there's a little part of me that goes, you know what, maybe I could do that. And no doubt you'll get people who will play this game and then that will embolden their armchair views as they criticise from their Twitter account. Um, like me. Yeah, nail on the head. Well, that's just about all that we have time for this week. So follow us on socials. So you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook. You've also got the Infert Formula Nerds email address. Uh, which you can get in touch with us. But most importantly, as always, James, Abby, thank you for joining me. How's it been for you? Oh, wonderful as ever. It's been a pleasure sitting here chatting F1 with both of you. Good stuff. Uh, I'm not sure why I asked in such a, a clunky way, but thank you very much for listening. <laughs> listening, And uh, I, I hope you join us next time. Nicely done. Wow, I'm a moron. <laughs> you, you, the outro is, is deceptively, I think, the hardest bit. Where you'd say, like, <laughs> Sam's going to do the outro today, and he's got no social skills. But we wanted to let him try. So, here you go. Enjoy. I might use that. <laughs>